Welcome to The Hack, the straight-talking smart tech podcast where we discuss the ever-changing world we live in today. It's time to start thinking differently. So tune in and buckle up for some home truths as Hull and East Yorkshire's very own digital tech experts talk transformation and change, focusing on people, process and technology. Well, back are we? Certainly, I'm another show. Another show, and um, we've got the amazing Dan Scott, IT Nation Community Manager. Yeah, so the world, every the world of the IT Nation here in Europe. For everyone who's listening and watching today who isn't familiar with the ConnectWise are and what we are, that is our partner community. So we are a software company, and as part of that software company, we have a thriving partner community where we bring our partners together to learn from each other, learn what good looks like, learn what works, what doesn't work, because both are equally as valuable to lift the industry up to new heights and to help grow their businesses and undertake digital transformation with each other and learn how to go about doing it in the quickest possible time, all that fun stuff. So we are, although we're part of a software company and we represent a software company, we're all about how people can build a stronger, bigger, better business and grow as people as well. Yeah. And I thought, well, I think that'll be awesome is... You know, like every now and again, every quarter, systematically, me and Scott disappear, don't we? Yes. And go work on the business. And we have all these crazy ideas. Some of them have, have come out. So, for example, all the giant platform. Yeah. All that. So Steve Cockerham. Yeah. That came out of IT Nation. Oh, did it? Yeah, that's where we first right. learned about it. And what Dan's job is, I'll, I'll say from a, technically I'm a customer, I'm You're a partner. We don't have customers. You don't have customers, partner. It is... They help us grow our business. And I think the amazing story, which I always have, Alan Sorensen, his background is just amazing, isn't he? In terms of like, I'm going to, I'm going to go with this. And if I get it wrong, you can help me out, can't you, Dan? So I'll just roll with this for a second. So Alan Sorison set up ConnectWise over in America and he was a farmer, wasn't he? So Arnie was, uh, sorry, Arlen set up. Oh, this is you, sorry. The Peter organization. Yeah, Arnie Bellini set up ConnectWise. But yeah, Arlen was, Arlen was a farmer, is a farmer. What well, was, well, still is. Still a farmer. And he just believes in growing people like you grow crops, they need the right conditions, environment, and you've got nature and love for them and the grow. And he's built a full business and methodology around that. And Dan sits front and center of that, leading that charge to grow other IT companies, but we all help each other. And it's just, it's just, it's an amazing group and it? it's like a family that challenge you and support you in ways that, that money couldn't buy, could it? Yeah, the only people that can really understand who you are and what you do, as the people that do what it is that you do, as IT small to medium business owners, it's all about giving people the help and support by personally and professionally. Because we can all go and find some kind of chess beating numbers club, can't we? Where everyone just comes in and says, well, it wasn't this course. It's not particularly rewarding. In, in business, we wear everybody, especially when they're entrepreneurs, the blur between your personal life and your business life. There, there is no line, is there, between the two. People need support in both. We believe and evolve that to be successful, you've got to focus on both aspects of your life. And you can't look at one at the expense of the other. Otherwise, when you get to the finish line, it won't be the kind of finish, happy place that you wanted it to be. So it, it is, it's very unique, but it re-echoes. But prior to joining ConnectWise, I was 13 years in, in MSPs. And my, my mentor and leader in that time always said that we focus on our people. And then coming back, Leon, to what you said about Arlen, that's exactly the same. It's focus on and belief in people is what put him where he is and what he built around him. We focus on our people, then we focus on the services that we build, then we focus on the clients. The pounds will take care of themselves. They're down here. So often we put the end result up at the top and people desperately try and look at what's going to be the highest gross margin service we can introduce this quarter and all sorts of things. Just yet, yeah, focus on your team, focus on your services, focus on your clients and the pounds will just, they'll follow because you're doing the right thing. 
And that's exactly what we teach at Evolve. Yeah. And it's just helping people to see, maybe see the bits that themselves they don't see. Hold each other accountable because again, who have you got that keeps you honest that you can't spin a bit of a yarn to? Because when we're talking to other people, you can dress it up, can't you? And go, yeah, we're doing this. It doesn't look great at the minute, but it's going to be all right in the end. But people so, do what you do to see through it. Somebody on the outside, Dan, looking in, because you said what you do is unique, the, all of you. So you're in the similar industries. No, we're, no, we're, all, we're all in the same industry. We're all in the same industry. Just for anyone listening, might not understand what an MSP is, but an MSP is what we call a managed service provider. Provide managed IT services in some shape or form. So whether that be security, whether that be IT support, all the services that think cloud to provide you. And you all work together to each other, grow each other's business. Yeah, exactly. That. As simple as that. And then where ConnectWise come in, they provide our systems that we run our business on. But they're very much of the mantras. If the teachers out here, Joel, if we can teach a man to fish, he can feed himself for a lifetime. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Is that, is that age old problem? So it's, yeah, and then what we do is we all come with different problems, different challenges. So me and Scott act as all non-exec non on his board. He, he has yeah. to report to us every quarter. So we get him in the room. You've been in, them, in that room, haven't you? Yeah, and they both challenged me, but it's a good challenge. And we had a we had another meeting this morning and was talking about challenging from a good place and you need support network around you. I've got... A great support network around me, and I've got Scott and Leon who do challenge me. And we had our non-executive board meeting where I had to present to the board about three months ago. And it was frightening. It was nerve-wracking. But I came out of it really exhilarated and ready to go again for the next quarter. And all we do, Danny, is exactly what you lot do to us. Is it on the plan, Paul? Then really awkward questions to ask. You've been in countless rooms where we always say, what's our big problem? And it's three years we've been part of it. And then um, every time I go with a problem, what I think was my biggest problem is never the same when I leave. Yeah, 100%. Let's take one that's very relevant at the moment, and that is people retention. Yeah. The year of the great resignation, huge inflation in the cost of team members. So I've got people who are leaving my business and I want to know why. Actually, when you get underneath it, let's unpack that one and where that often goes down to other little tunnel. It comes back to leadership, whereas people might come into it thinking it's money. And I've got people leaving because they're getting a better offer down the road. Okay, let's unpack it. Why are they leaving? What are they saying to you when they're leaving? What made them happy? You know, what, when they were happy with you a year ago, why were they happy? And that might come back to leadership. I believe that people, when they don't feel as though they've got a vision, mission, strategy, appreciation, recognition, encouragement, and someone who believes in them and challenges them, then I think that makes them far more, as should we say, of a flight risk than because they've got the impression they can get another X thousand pounds from going down the road. If someone's really happy and they believe that someone believes in them, and I've been there personally, the temptation for a little bit more is to your mind. So that kind of thing, you come into it thinking, how on earth are you all afforded to pay people? Actually, the people who are really great at retaining people are those that actually can just really demonstrate to their teams that they understand. I, I totally agree with you there. And I, in the industry, I go in and I'm delivering mental health training into companies and organizations, if people feel that they are looked after, the bosses are looking after them, it's all about culture and the culture gets led from the top. And I think if you've got a really, really good culture, if you get a really, really good culture within the business, people won't go for a little bit more money down the road. They're going to stay where they feel happy and appreciative. And I think, yeah, I absolutely agree totally with what you're saying. Yeah. A great leader believes that they are capable of doing more than even they think they are. They're like, if he or she is asking me to do this and they're saying that they believe I've, I'm capable of delivering it, I wouldn't have thought I could do 
that. And it, that's, when it, that's when it's amazing because that team of people, they can do anything. And when you get to a whole team in that kind of place, that, that company, that group of people, they'll conquer the world. They're capable of anything. Nothing can stop them. Absolutely. I think after that introduction, I'm going to ask Dan the first question. Right, Dan. What are the three books that have greatly changed or influenced your life? Okay, number one is a book called Creating Magic. And the subplot is 10 Common Sense Leadership Strategies from a Life at Disney. And it's written by a man called Lee Cockrell. And that probably is quite a bit above the others, I would say, because it proves a couple of things. And when it says common sense leadership strategies, it really is. Lee Cockrell grew up on a farm in Oklahoma. And I'm paraphrasing a bit. If he ever hears this, I might get it slightly wrong. Sorry, Lee. Cockrell was, I think, his third surname. He didn't go to college. He dropped out of the army. He is not your stereotypical business leader, shall we say, whether it's been at Harvard, MBA at Stanford, this, that, and the other. Fast forward. They're probably 30 years from that one. Lee Cockrell had something like 20,000 people reporting to him indirectly because he was the VP of Walt Disney World in Florida after opening Walt Disney World in Paris. And it is just wonderful common sense, easy to follow strategy. So that'll be the first one. The second one for me will be Who Moved My Cheese? Because I'm not great with change. So that means I have to be, I have to be intentional and manage how I approach it. Because if I'm accidental around how I approach change, then I can look back and not think I did a great job. So I have to be intentional about it. And that book is a kind of probably an annual read for me just to top me up because I, over time you'll revert to type. And uh, yeah, so I need a bit of help on that one. And then the last one, again, is probably another annual read and one that's very dear to us in the Evolve community because it underpins our culture. And that's The Go-Giver by Bob Berg that just it says a lot. It's, it really echoes me as a personality of, I love helping others. That's what I get a lot of, that's what I get gratitude from. That's where I get personal satisfaction from is seeing others succeed. And so the principle of something that goes out tells you just focus on everyone else in the room. If you come into the room with everybody else in the front of your mind, then you will do well as a result. And I think if we could all remember that sometimes we've all been in situations where we wish the person on the other end of the table from us might have had a little bit more. Yeah. Focus on, shall we say. So yeah, that would be my, that would be my through, but creating magic by a country mark. That's the way I view a lot of the world. And then three absolute great books. There. I, the first, I'm not, I've not read the first one, so I'm going to check that one out. Um, yeah. 20,000 people, but I'm with you on Who Moved My Cheese. I'll read that every year. Have you read that one yet? No. I'll, I'll bring you in. So it's just, it's tiny and it's like a little fable in it. And it's just amazing, Paul. And I think in the line of work you're doing, I think it, I think you'd really love it. And what did you take from it then, Dan, in terms of your take? Is it Itchy and Scratchy? Are they the two characters? I always forget the name of them. It's all about, it's all, what do I take from it? I take it that you, you've got to be on the front of the change curve. You've got to be, you've got to be out there and you've got to, it's all about getting for people who read it, it's getting your skates on and going out to find new cheese. It's a parable about mice in a maze and they go to eat the same piece of cheese every day and well, one day the cheese isn't there. So what is it that they go and do? And they all react in different ways. I'll stop there so people could go read it and enjoy it for themselves. But the moral of it, when it comes down to me, is that you've got to be on that front of that change curve and you've got to embrace it and see where it goes. And by the way, it won't always end well, And it, but enjoy the ride. And the ride will take you where you need to be. And I, I wouldn't have said this five years ago, we'll come on to a bit of that later on, but I, some, an ex-former colleague of mine was asking me quite recently for a, a little bit of career advice. I summed it up by saying, no, I'm not going to talk about the things that you've been offered or whether you should take them up, because that's up to you and inside of you what you should do. The only thing I will say to you is... Sometimes the journey is as important as the destination because all the wrong moves you make on the journey 
get you to where you are today or get you to where you want to be. When you look back in, in a position of happiness of anything in your life, the mistakes you made along the way or the, the turns that you made that turned out to be not the right ones were as valid as the ones that were good ones along the way that get you to your goal. And it's, but it's easy to lose track of that one. So who moved my cheese? Yeah, it just teaches me to try and be positive around change. A, a coach said to me that it's something to do with my, with me as a person. My, my work and personal lives are, are really entangled in my personality, but the, the wonderful uh, twisted matrix that is my mind. And they, and they said that this makes change for people with your personality profile extremely difficult because when someone changes what you do, it's also changing a big part of you because what you do is a big part of you. Whereas people who are really detached from their professional role, you can do whatever you want with them because they don't care. Whereas when someone changes stuff with me, it's an integral part of who I am. Uh, and so uh, I, I have to, again, just focus on a little bit of detachment and not trying to catastrophize somebody wants to, I love that word. I love it. Brilliant. Yeah. And just trying to, yeah, view it as, regardless of the output change, it moved my cheese, so you just roll with it and just, just see what happens. And often by staying around and doing nothing could be the worst thing you could ever possibly do. Yeah. yeah that's on that one. No, I, I couldn't have articulated any better. I think for me, it's exactly that same. And just understanding your change is a, is a constant and you've just got to be, keep moving, keep moving. We were talking earlier about you, you like to drive to work past your old places, right? Yeah. These former places where you used to work. And how many years you work in the same place? 32. So obviously you didn't like change. No, no, I've probably still been there now. Yeah. And, and it's and it's that one. in change, but not having the, not doing it. But then it was like quite interesting. I seen a, a video, I did a little video the other week about the life in the day of you, didn't you, where you started. Yeah. And I remember sitting in, their office, in, in my first office, where it was just I had an office the same size as this. It's all I had before I joined Think Loud. And I remember putting all my plans on the wall and Paul used to have an office on the other side from me doing the man club stuff. And you used to want to do your own business, but you just didn't, you were too scared to do it on you. Yeah, I was too scared to do it. But eventually it happened and it was just nice to watch a video of him saying what his day is like. So he starts off in Hull and he's delivering all his courses, trained to London, delivering down there. He's trained how many of you guys at IT Nation? There was, there was all of what all in the UK was there? Was it other people around the world or was it? Yeah, everybody in, in the Connectwise UK office, yeah. So Paul Connick put two sessions on so that some people could make one, some of the other. And yeah, trained our entire teams. There's about 100 strong of us uh, in the UK, yeah. uh, about 3,000 of us globally. But yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. And it's like that. And I would have thought you'd have been training, but I, I, I give him a little idea. I like my marketing hat on, Dan. So I always like to share little ideas. And I thought, what would be a great thing is to put on your website a little map tracking where you've delivered training. And where have you delivered training till Paul? You put it on the website now, aren't you? Yeah, Malaysia, Australia, America, India, Pakistan, Canada, Ireland, England, Scotland. I think there's 12 countries around the globe and growing. And when you say some of the mistakes, Dan, that you make and you don't think you're going to get there and you look at the mistakes and you look at the path, I just can't believe it. I was stood in London last week and I was delivering to a company called PA Media, Paddington. And I looked up at the skyscraper and I, I rang you and I just went, Leon, how have I got here? How have I got here? I, I said to you, real simple picture. Paul, you bought a train ticket and you got drunk on the train and that's how you got here. <laughs> yeah, I just looked and I went, how have I got here? But it's frightening, isn't it? When you look back and you see where you've come and the journey's just begun. Yeah, so it's great. So I agree totally what you said, Dan. But, but I think it's like anything, though, isn't it? I think if we have got some business owners listening to this, sometimes it, we hear it a lot in United Nation. We, we always complain about marketing, don't we? I'm always complaining that I need to know more about marketing and other bits. But 
I was watching, I, I, I went and watched a speaker the other week speak, and he was one of my first customers, actually, a guy called Jonathan Leith. He ran one, one of the biggest sort of marketing agencies in this region. And he talked about marketing. I thought, this is brilliant. I need to say this with Dan. So if I had them on to you, well, this is the, the, what we need to say to each other. But he's like, you market all the time, don't you? Right? Yeah. Always doing stuff. But he said, marketing's a bit like getting drunk. Having, yeah, it takes you seven beers to get drunk, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seven beers to get drunk. Which one of them seven beers gets you drunk? What do you say, Dan? Which one? All of them. So half the time in marketing or in what we're doing, it's the same as in life. The steps we take, we don't know how we really got there, but it's all them steps, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. And including the wrong ones. They, uh, it's, every now and again, we've all got a list of things that we revisit in our lives, don't we? And one of them for me is the Steve Jobs' commencement speech at Stanford. Amazing speech. I'm not his biggest fan in many terms. He was a bit of an autocratic leader in some ways and all that sort of stuff, which is well publicised. But it's a brilliant, a wonderful 10 minutes of your life to listen to every now and again. And there's a bit about, yeah, I learned more about by dropping out of class, by dropping out of his course and dropping in on other things that interested him. And he gives a story about a calligraphy class that taught him the beauty of typeface that, of course, then fast forward, and that's why a personal computer's got a fog book. And you'll just think, again, it's the road travelled, isn't it? Many people could quote dropping out of Stanford as the biggest setback of their career or whatever, but actually he spins it around and he says, you just follow the paths and see where it takes. You appreciate it's easier said than done because when it's not going well and your stomach's in knots and, you, and your head is all over the shop, you just want to pull the ripcord, don't you? And you just want to retreat to safety. So talking someone in the eye of the storm is very difficult, but we're hopefully trying to keep a bit of perspective on it. When you look back and you see some of your missteps, actually did pretty good for you yeah, exactly. Yeah, that leads us nicely, Dan, nicely. What is your feel-good song or music that gets you focused or makes you happy? I've got the weirdest taste in music. Yeah. I know everyone says this. Everyone does say, I've got a really eclectic taste in music or something like that. I, I really do. My, my playlist is just weird. A combination of a bit of Discovery by Daft Punk, not too keen on their later stuff, but the really stuff is very good. Time works, but how works Belcher as well. Through a bit of Oscar Peterson, a bit of jazz piano, Oscar John Mayer. Yeah, so I'm uh, memories of John Laird from being in California and he was all over the radio at the time. So driving around in the sunshine with Eddings on, it was every fourth song that was played on the radio and the car I had didn't have a CD player. So it was a radio or nothing. And so it brings back good memories and I can just sit with it on in the background and focus on stuff. So yeah, French house, jazz and like country rock would be three I could think of, which is pretty weird and wonderful. But that is definitely weird and wonderful. That's a first for us, isn't it? I like it. I like, I like a it. bit of a collective like collection. I listen to I listen to opera, mate. Only by myself, though, because nobody else will listen to it in our house. But I don't like it in the car. That's because you're not only singing it, Paul. Yeah, you're not supposed <laughs> to sing opera. Question three. What purchase of £50 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months, Dan? I sent my wife a bunch of flowers from the train to go meet Leon. Uh, our evolved meeting so i was checking out for a week and i'd not long been away actually my 40th birthday earlier in the year and my wife arranged a, a get together for friends we all went to a hotel and had a really good weekend and a load of fun and uh, and then not long afterwards i decamped off for a week to the evolved meeting and i sent her a bunch of flowers to say thank you no reason it wasn't mother's day it wasn't our anniversary it wasn't like that i just wanted to say thanks and this will come up a few times in some of what we'll go through but learning to be in learning to be intentional is a wonderful word. Learning to be intentional with showing appreciation and thanks is probably one of my, yeah, one of the things that made a huge difference, that's had made a huge difference in my life. So yeah, it was, 
the impact that something so simple can have. I love that. And I think that was one of the biggest things I learned actually on the giant platform going through that exercise, the difference between being accidental and intentional. And it's only a small word to it, right? And it's huge. It's huge. I think that links back into that book, the book of the book you talk about as well. And I think the challenge at times is sometimes you can be so wrapped up in your helping other people, helping everyone else. And the people who are the closest to you and the, the biggest cheerleaders of you, you can drive over them, can't you, by not actually being present for them. And it's where it's back in the giant. I can see it now. Where do your eyeballs go when you're at home? Is it on the way, wife intentionally or is it on your screen? And I think I can see you nodding there, Dan. Do you want, do you want to add to that? Because what, what do you think? You... Yeah, it's just every, it's everything and everyone, isn't it? It, it just, by going out of your way, doesn't even have to have a pound value attached to it. I love the question because of under 50 quid, it just helps focus the mind. It's not about who's got, who wants to spend the most or anything like that, but just going out of your way to be intentional and thank people is, it's, it's fuel for people, isn't it? And someone comes up to us and just says, I really appreciate that. Well, that was really great. I can't thank you enough and things. It lifts everybody's day. And I think just to learn to be intentional and I'll lay on hundred percent to what you said. The way my brain can work, especially when I'm a bit pushed, I'm a bit stressed is that I think I'm a million miles an hour. And when something's fixed or I can tick it off the list, I don't give it a second thought, but just to stop and give thanks to and appreciate those around you that help you get to where you are. It, it's really empowering. Some people don't need it. That's fine. No one dislikes it, but very few people dislike it. Some people don't require it, but you can give it to them anyway and it will just counts off and there it goes. But others really do appreciate it and need it. And those people probably won't ask you for it either. So it's. Yeah, I, I just try and be intentional with people, I think, yeah. and, and let them know what they did. I love it. Love it. It keeps you grounded, doesn't it? I'm, I'm yeah. going to the next one. Do you have a lesson from a failure of yours? <laughs> Loads. <laughs> we are run out of tape. The, yeah, and first of all, I would say that reaching the finish line on your own is a lonely place. Make sure that you bring people with you. My, my default, again, when I'm a bit under pressure, is I'll run around in the background and fix it all and, and just like dot all the I's and cross all the T's and try and bring it all together. Whereas the right thing to do is to bring people along with you and it's to empower the team around you to join you on the journey, not to, so you focus on the people and not the task, I think would be the, that would be the technical way of saying it. But yeah, what I learn is that just cause you might achieve what it is you're looking to achieve, it's how you do it. And it's not just steamrolling to get everything done and hit a deadline, always better to be late, but deliver as a team than it is to, than it is to do it on your own. And yeah, that comes from personal experience of doing it and then realizing that you end up in a place where you finish something. I'll try and keep it non-specific then people can hope to find their own context to it rather than me giving mine and it being like, I'd never do that in my life. And you end up in a place where you know everything about the thing that you've just done. No one else has got a clue. So every problem they ever have with it, they will come to you. And that will be unsustainable. It will never go anywhere that you don't take it because no one's got any ownership of it to give it a life of its own. You are the sole leader of that project task, whatever the thing is, whatever work you're in or whatever business or work, walk of life you're listening to today, whatever you, if it's only you that's doing it, only you will ever do it. So it's trying to bring other people in here on the journey. So that was a big one for me, a very big one. If I could throw another one in and it's more introverted, it's more personal, I would say is you've got to recognize because it, this is a failure in your own thought process or a failure in how you think you've got to realize when you're holding on to something too tightly and actually, and you've probably got people around you by that point saying, you need to get out of that. You need to stop doing it. 
because it's not healthy and it's not doing you any favors. But I've definitely done it on more than one occasion. But just holding on to something for dear life, mainly with me, it's because I'm afraid of failure. I'm a real phobia of not giving, not a real problem with or worry about not giving people, not performing at my highest level for people or being perceived as letting the sign down. There's a better way of putting it. But realizing sometimes that you're just in a bit of a toxic situation, you're holding on too tight for dear life. And the best thing you can do is let go and regroup. Those would be my two things. Yeah. Yeah. Doing things as a team, succeeding as a team or not at all. Don't be at the finish line on your own and realize sometimes where you're on a bit of hiding to nothing, you've got to learn to let go. I think it's such a challenge that one though, isn't it? Because especially when you start being a leader, I remember early in my career, I started being a leader because I didn't know how to communicate effectively and I didn't have no skills in terms of formal education. I used to think that I had to know the answers. And actually it becomes so empowering and you get such a better result when you actually, you get out of your own way and understand that you, every business I've succeeded in it's because I've employed people who are far smarter and far more clever than me and I've just set up to win. But it took me a lot of years to learn that. And I think once you've got a great a great group of people who have to be different, I think that's the key though as well, Dan, isn't it? You need complete different people. So we were talking off there, weren't we? The guy who used to do a similar sort of role to you was Gareth. Gareth John's a complete different character to you, to you. But interesting, you guys all worked in a team together and you've worked differently together. But all of a sudden, you, you bring a different perception or different idea, different energy to a problem than what you'd all do on your own. And I think that's key, I would say. Because I've just thought of something else. The man club that we run, we've grown from one club in Hull to seven in the region. Are you there tonight? Hundreds across the cut, all of them. No, but yeah. just I, weirdly, this is an interesting one actually. On Sunday, I was writing my goals down for the week, and I'm actually at office on Wednesday. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm there doing some shadowing, checking in on the rest of the team, and then just having and doing some training. So I'm not at Andy's man club this week. No, right. do you know why I'm bringing it up? Yeah, come. Right, we've got seven clubs in and around Hull. We've started them from one, didn't we? Yeah. And we're there tonight. No, yeah. I'm not there. Yeah. I'm in Grimsby tonight. So the seven clubs in and around Hull are run by people that we've brought through yeah exactly and yeah. it's fantastic and it's massive yeah and what i would say was i was I'm, uh, yesterday put my little to-do list down where i'm going what i'm doing and i want to start playing rugby it's like they do like a master's rugby now done for a bunch of like 14 of her and i thought for I people who can't play anymore yeah people can't i couldn't play anyway and i was meant to go last week and i put it off put myself on the bottom of the list because we was doing some training yes, and, some yeah. bits, and i was at the man club and then i said to myself i checked i wait till wait till all the, we're in like a whatsapp group i wait till all the messages come through and I'm looking at it thinking, there's no one crying out that they're in the hell. There's no reason for me to go. But secretly, I'm like in there going, does anyone need me? No, no one definitely doesn't need me. But that's just the amazing thing. And, and yeah. I, the interesting bit, though, and this was my biggest lesson in leadership I ever had, actually, which links into the, a lot of the things you're talking about, was when I started on this van club in Hull, it was originally talk Paul and some other guys. But because we're dealing with such a huge topic in suicide prevention, what became really prevalent to me was the number of people was reaching out for support, ringing me on a night. I remember talking people off bridges and, and it was all consuming. I started to think that if this club needs me, we've got a super huge problem because I am always going to be available. So straight away, our mindset has always been to that one man. And, that, and we always talk about the next man. And we always talk about from the leadership point of view. Andy's man club's obviously there for when you're at your, your darkest and your lowest. But we also say that it's there for when you're at the brightest and your shiniest because we all help each other. and. We always bring on that next leader, don't we? Yeah. And I think that's what is amazing because, like you mentioned tonight, um, seven clubs locally to hold, 100 across the region, and we're not easy in any of them seven times. I don't know. Because we've got great people. Who, and actually, what was real nice, I went over to um, 
Rovers last the weekend, I've been going there and helping out with some new facilitators. And I get goosebumps. And I, I shared it. One thing to get off one of the questions to get off your chest, it can be negative, it can be positive. So I just want to get something off my chest. Like, I'm having such an amazing night here tonight, just watching you all. There's 27 guys there. And they're running far better than I've ever run a club. They're doing a great job. To do it, it's a fantastic job. And when you just sit back and see how it's grown, and tonight we're not there, we're not there. It's great, and it's exactly what you said about leadership, Dan. If it's all depended on you, then there's no company, is there? Something really worked with me. My, my mentor once said to me in a one-to-one meeting, he said, "Out of the about 200 of us are so in the company, and about probably 10 of us that reported directly to it." Leon, you've got a bit of context now because you met him. And they say, do I work with the people I work with? He said, out of everybody, why have I chosen you and the other people around you? And I listed off all sorts of things that you think are clever answers as you do in these situations. We get the culture, been around a bit, delivered some stuff, a bit of a proven track record. He said, well, they're all answers. They're all correct, but they're not the reason why. He said, they're quite repeatable by other people. But what makes you guys really, like Laszlo is really unique. And, and I gave up. He said, it's really simple. You're all better than me at what you do. I'm in awe of what you all do in your respective area of the business. And we use throwaway comments, don't we? Like make yourself redundant and all that kind of thing all the time. And they are throwaway comments that people throw in because I think it makes them sound clever when they're giving presentations on leadership. But when you hear somebody just give you a really honest, open and accurate description of, yeah, I work with all of you just because you, you are, I'm in awe of all of you and you're better than me at what it is that you do. I could do what you do, but I couldn't do it as well. So I look watching you, why would I ever hold you back? Because by holding you back or trying to be really clever and be in the middle of every idea, that kind of thing, we've all been there. We've all worked with people, be around people who it's only a good idea when they have it. (laughs) It's a very demotivating and dangerous place when you could be like that. So yeah, it's just having the confidence. And I think with most people, it's the confidence within themselves to actually radiate and shine through those around, not be dependent on trying to come up with the clever stuff all the time. Right then, I'm going to hit him in the next one. one. What is your favourite quote or saying that if you could share with everyone in the world, what is it and why? It's from Creating Magic. It's from the Lee Cockrell book again. But if not many people have read it, that's even better. The quote is, it's not the magic that makes it work. It's the way we work that makes it magic. And I love it again because it underlines the common sense simplicity of that entire book. It's not about being a triple PhD graduate MBA from somewhere very expensive. It's simply about doing, focusing on the right things, doing the right things and making sure that everybody around you knows how brilliant they are doing the right things. And that's why I love it. Of It's common sense of what comes through and I like it because it, it makes things more achievable for me or it, make, it makes me believe that I can do it because it's just pure common sense. Love yeah. it. But I think that you just, you get a truism there though. A lot of the greatest ideas are so simple. Like, and as humans, we're just we're so good at overcomplicating the most simple thing out one. It's so easy. And I've been doing a bit of, what's it called, mentoring at the local university on this business degree course. And I was in there, I was in there the other week. There was all presenting, these are doing the masters, right? We're all presenting these great ideas for these businesses and there's all these numbers and there's all these other, all these other entrepreneurs there. And I hate that word, if I'm really honest. And they're all introduced and we're all giving feedback and they're reading like these, Board reports with this ratio. This business will do this with this ratio and this thing and all the rest of it. I'm sat there listening. I'm thinking, I've got to add something here. I'm meant to be sounding really intelligent like everyone else. And I just thought, all I could think, and they'd share an idea. And so it all comes down to 
how much money do you want out of this business? What's the pro- what what profit you're looking to make? And they all up there. There was like, I haven't really thought of it like that. I said, no, just gross profit. So I said, let's turn this round. And I was teaching you this the other day, so I'm like, 100 grand. Okay, 100 grand. So it's 21 customers and we charge them 399 pound a month. What products and service can you build for that? It's just common sense, isn't it? It's like, but we overcomplicate everything. All people come up with products and services without actually deeply understanding what the customers need. First and foremost, put loads of words and acronyms in there that no one understands or try and scare the hell out of them. Whereas when you deeply understand what you do for your customers and what that customer needs, it becomes quite simple. And there's a link into what Dan did for me the other way he comes in London. So he says he's a community manager, but he does loads of amazing stuff. But my standout memory from that full three days I was there, what do you think my standout memory was, Dan? Oh, standing up to deliver your MPD and get shot bits. Well, amazing speakers there. We are the digital, digital, help me out, Dan. Digital culture, media and sport. Yeah, they were brilliant. Yeah, they were fantastic. Talking cyber security. We had all sorts going on there. But my standout thing from all of it, on the, I think it was the first or the second day, I had a a headache from hell. I think it was the air conditioning or something. And I'm about to deliver my MPD. I just went out and I just said to Dan, he said, oh, do you know I get an aspirin or something? It's absolutely pounded. And he's got, he's, he's putting rigging in. He's got all, he's got his eyes up doing loads of stuff. About 10 minutes later, I'm just going to get a drink. He comes over and there's my aspirin in my hand. And that's service, isn't it? That's customer service. That's like going beyond and beyond. There's no, you don't have to do that. He's got a million things to do, but he finds a need that a customer has got or a partner, as I'm called, and he goes and fixes that need. Incredible. But it's simple. So how, how simple is that what you did through, Dan? But, but that's, that's lasting memory. Do you understand? Yeah. It, He's looked after you, hasn't he? Yeah, priceless. He's got million and one things to do, but he, he thought, Leon's got an headache. I can solve that. I'll yeah. get him an aspirin. Yeah. And he, he went above and beyond to do it for you. And I was telling that story to these, these students the other week. I was saying, business is about one, understanding what margins we need to make, then designing the product or service around that, but deeply listening to what your customers' problems are, <laughs> coming up with unique ways of solving it. I don't know if Dan did that. He probably sent someone somewhere or whatever he did. But when it got the did it, it did it got it. But that's that's what we don't do enough. I don't think we don't listen enough. Is, 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 do you agree on that? Totally agree. Totally agree. It's crucial to listen to people. Yeah. Some, sometimes just listening is actually fixing the problem. Yeah. You? Sometimes you can't help. By the way, and obviously I've never professed to be any kind of expert or understand. But looking at what you do in Andy's Man Club or what all the group leaders do in Andy's Man Club, there are questions and issues for which there are no answers, and sometimes. Just people just want to be heard. We've all situations that I'm out of the walk of life and someone wants to have a bit of a complaint or raise an issue with us, whatever, personal or professional. They don't need recompense and they don't need anything out there. They're not, someone is not always angling for something, but what I do want to be is heard and understood and heard that you've understood their frustration of, of whatever that might be. Yeah, I don't claim to be an expert at it all the time. Again, one of my big failings in life is I need to learn to be more comfortable with not having an instant comeback for something, just being able to say, can you leave that with me? I'll come back to you. I want to digest it. Or even, um, I remember a great coach, and I, I use this all the time. I, I generally have no idea. I don't know. I don't know how to fix that. I generally don't. That and be, but be okay with that. And I can go away and look at it, but it's okay not to know as well at times, isn't it? I think. I'm going to go to the next one, Paul. Oh, then. Or is it me? Is it you? Yeah, no, it's you. It doesn't mean it. So, in the last five years, what new habit or belief has had the most profound effect on your life? Investing in me. I think would be the thing there, who, what, things like who I am, what I value, what are my strengths, what are my blind spots, equally, because we all have them. I wouldn't call them weaknesses because they're going to making you who you are. 
And if it weren't for the things that you need to be careful of, then you wouldn't be created the things that you're brilliant at. So I think just taking time, I say investing, that's not really money either. It's just investing time and energy into learning more about you and in my case, but it's being able to do that has paid dividends because like Leo, as we learned with giant last year in the hundred X leader program is how if you're not healthy yourself, you can't help others because you're helping others from a place of ill health and giants terms. So if you will radiate and you will share who it is that you are and your first job as a leader is to make yourself the healthiest possible leader that you can be. So that when you're helping others, you're helping them in the correct way. And so that's easily what I would say by a country mile there. I've been very fortunate to work with some brilliant coaches, mentors, and, and friends along the way, because they're just as good, just because they haven't got a glamorous title, you know what I mean? Just having a good friend you can confide in, can give some honest truths, can be a really, is, is a, a wonderful thing to have. But that, but uh, taking some time to look at who I am and what makes me tick, I'd say that's changed more than anything else I've done in the last five years. Anything tangible any of our listeners could take away? Anything you do? So I, I can open that. We've done all three of us in this room. Actually, we've been doing the under X leader. Aren't we? We've been training on that. Yeah. A couple of, I think it was it 15, 20 minutes a week, really. We've, yeah, we've all been through something like Discord Myers Briggs that we suffered for 30 minutes when somebody went, took us through the report and then probably forgot 15 minutes later. Yeah. There were a number of different style personality profiles. Of it. You could, let's take the UR and show you it through a mirror. So what does it look like to be on the other side of you? Tools out there. What I love is the five voices system from Giant. So giantworldwide.com, I think it is. The five voices assessment is completely free to take. And after you take, it's about 20 questions. Some of which, by the way, there are no nice answers to. So if you think you're like, would you rather be a hero or a villain? Then they don't exist. Some are just, you've got to pick between the best of a bad bunch, but it will tell you an awful lot about who you are and then where you're, where you are strong and things you've got to be careful of that you don't become accidental and fall into. There's also the make a difference profile from Dr. Larry Little. I really like that one. Yeah, I like the the leadership. Again, wonderful. I liked about that one, Dan. Uh, what I liked about the Larry Little one, and they're all great, all of them. But what I liked about that one, it was the first one that I felt I could teach to 17, 18 year olds fresh out of school, college, give them a visual representation with the animals. And then also it just follow through. And I thought, I thought that was a great one, that one. But then I think why the giant one is one of my favorite ones. I just love the support that comes with that in terms of the training. And I think it's so beautifully written. And I think the software and the application is amazing the way it all comes right. together. Leadership for the Netflix generation, wasn't it, that Steve yeah. said they designed it with, and they absolutely nailed it. Again, I could teach people the five voices and sit with people and talk through it. I would have a hope with Disco Myers Briggs. Or Melvin's team roles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All that kind of thing. You remember it, and let's face it, what's this 70, 75% of things that you teach an adult love to get within six days? Okay. As well as you can get something in and sticking, even if just at the back of your mind, the next time you go and sit, for example, the giant, I'm a nurturer, a nurturer guardian for my two dog voices. Even if the next time you think this person I'm talking to, they could be a pioneer. That's a million percent better than most people in the population for being receptive to the people you're speaking to. And then if your head can go to one and talk to a pioneer, what is it they want to hear? It's changed, especially internally, where we use it a lot. It's, I always joke that one of my colleagues is a man called Kip Stumpf. Kip is brilliant, and he's the most, he's a guardian. So Kip is a projects man. He's a list man. That's like, that's like guardians, they can, they can, um, I was 
since I went the giant platform, it's a bit like, it used to be like going into meetings sometimes. I, I'm a connector, so I'm a connector creative. So I come in with these ideas and I've, I've already done all my due diligence. I'm selling my idea and Scott had just jumped into it. Liam Nielsen off Taken. Just felt like I was just getting interrogated and just battered. Because we've got, I'd win a, a nice contract for us, what I've been working on for ages. And I'm really excited and I'd come in and all I wanted to do was really celebrate with me. And he's just interrogating me, talking about delivering it. And, and that 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 was a game changer in our, in our work relationship. Just being able to say, I don't want you to critique this. I don't want you to really collaborate with it. I just want you to just celebrate and actually just care for me. Give me a blow me up. And on Monday, we're going to have a project meeting. And I'm going to prepare for all these answers that you need. But I need a couple of days to put a plan together. And then you can go all William Nielsen on me. I'm, I'm cool. But, but yeah. Anyone listening to this will be thinking, what are these guys on about? But I think to give it, I'll, I'll, get, I'll, I'll give them a, a, an update on it. The, yeah, the, the, the giant platform gives you a set of tools that are all different people, right? Yeah. And we can either be task-focused or we can be people-focused and or we can be introvert or extrovert. So we're a mixture of all them, but it just says our dominant sort of voices are them. And LinkedIn Insight, it gives you tools um, that you can use really quick where you can swipe and deploy these tools and bring them into the real world. So the example we're all talking about because of the training, it says these five C's of communication. So you've got critique, you've got collaborate, you've got clarify, you've got care, and you've got celebrate. I've nailed that there and I've done. It's, it's, I think I've got it on my wall. I've got it on my wall. But the point is, it's about be when you're going to have a, uh, a conversation with someone, it's about being intentional with the comms. So being intentional with your comms in that example there, the business partner are so different, but we complement each other well. So there's times where I need to go in because I'm not very good at critiquing. I, I just see the best in everything. Whereas you need that in your process. You need someone who you've got in your locker to come in and actually do that. But also you need to be aware of what you need at that time and actually go in. And that was one of the most empowering things I ever learned. When I am when I go into meetings, you've done it with me at times, don't you? You'll send me stuff. And before, I just jump into critique mode because I always want things to be better. And whereas now, you actually say to me, Leon, I want this critiquing. I want this, that. And I think it's been intentionally in your actions. Would you say so, Dan? Yeah, it's all about intentionality. That It's know yourself to lead yourself with the Jive's model. It's like a figure of eight. And it's our actions lead to consequences, which become our reality. Yeah. And then, again, the actions, tendencies, consequences. But by, being, by knowing who you are, by who you are isn't you on a great day. It's you when you haven't had enough sleep. And you've got far too much going and Saul just catches you at that wrong moment and knowing, unless I'm intentional in this conversation, this is how I'm going to be perceived, which is going to create this, which is going to bring me back to my reality. And it's this self-fulfilling prophecy that so many of us, but when you find yourself in a situation that is far from ideal with a person or a group and taking that really hard step back and asking, what have I done to bring this about? What is it within me? Because we've all got things within us that are both simultaneously our biggest strength and our biggest blind spot as I like to say I don't like weakness because it just doesn't sit well with me but it, it's all about what are the things that we've got to be most intentional about so we don't fall into that trap of ending up there love it. No, I love it and I think as well when I've sent stuff for critiquing I haven't sent it for critiquing but I know when it is critiqued I know it's come from a place of love so it's not I used to sometimes take it personal I don't anymore I think that comes with a little bit of experience doesn't it and education yeah yeah and I think but it's, I think it's about having that team, that mastermind yeah. around you, who have all got a different voice or a yeah. different skill to yeah. pick up on your blind spots, Dan's mentioned. Yeah. But I think we should hit him with the next one. It's my one, Dan. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself at 18 and what advice should you have ignored? Stay true to who you are. 
understand who you are and stay true to it. Everyone can be put in situations sometimes where they are tempted to bend who they are to conform. And they, that comes back to a bit of what I said earlier about holding on too tight. You've got to be, you've got to remember that your strengths, you are who you are, and that makes you amazing. And you've got to find the situation where you can use your talents to shine rather than trying to cover up all of your blind spots or trying to permanently try and change who you are in order to conform and fit in. I would say, I would urge them to look at what you admire in other people and distill that out of the tangible, out of who they are or what they do for a living, how much money they got and all that nonsense. Try and strip it back to the qualities that they demonstrate that make them appealing to you. So if you look at some of the greatest leaders around you, everyone's got their own lists and everyone's got their own visionaries that they would look to. Maybe not imitate, but they would look to demonstrate those same qualities. And usually it's all, they, you boil them down into their sort of raw component form. It's all about them empowering other people, them having, being surrounded by amazing people, them being motivational and inspiring, even when things are going really badly or things are challenging. And try and take out those raw component parts what, around in people that you look to emulate rather than perhaps the physical characteristics or the tertiary characteristics of what you look to emulate. Because I think that is, yeah, that's quite key. Uh, what should you ignore? Probably something about what it is that you need to know because it's not what, it's who, it, it's who and your network that you build around you. So I'd say I won't focus so much on the, on the thing that you need to know on the topic. The topic's going to change as you get older anyway. What you're 20, it's going to be relevant by the time you're 40. Actually for me, that I grew up in the world of technology and worked in the world of technology my entire career. So what I learned 38 minutes ago is relevant. <laughs> but it's about, so don't focus on that, but focus on the people around you. Building your network, building the brand of you. What do you want people to think about when they think of you? Would be, would be definitely a piece of advice for people to focus on and keep building that network of those that support and empower you. And probably the last thing I've written down is a link to, I've got my notes here because I need notes. I'm not a good off the cuff thinker, unfortunately. I have to, I, I, afterwards, I go, oh, shit, I said that, that, and that. So I've got to scribble things down. As, and it's really on that conformity bit that I've mentioned earlier on. There's a quote by Maya Angelou, who writes out to this that I love. And that's that when somebody tells you who they really are, listen the first time. Of when, go with your gut, when you get a bad feeling about a situation, like being held back, or somebody isn't in, in giant terms, both supporting and challenging you, it isn't for you, get out. Then there are plenty more opportunities there and your path needs to go somewhere else and learn when to let go, I think would be my other one. So hopefully they, they will make some sense. That's a huge one because we do, we do um, and I think it's because one of the human conditions is we don't believe in ourselves a lot of the time. So we put up with a lot of rubbish. And I think once, once you learn to let go and know that you are enough, I think everything good happens from there. So I, I like that. I'm, I'm really like that one. Is it me next? It certainly it's, is. It's a good one, actually. I, like I do like this one. It's all in it because we're out of sync. We've done these yeah. creatures of habit, aren't we? I'm thinking, yeah, we all do. We all at times feel burnout, unfocused, unenergized, overwhelmed. What is it that you do? And if helpful, what sort of questions do you ask yourself to get you back in our hands? Probably prefix it. We're not talking about all this stuff. I sound like I'm like some sort of chill like zen i've got i sound a bit like i've got it all figured out it's very easy when you're being asked a series of questions and you can answer them i'm rubbish at most things that i've spoken about today is what i think everyone is uh, I, I don't speak from any position or authority or competence i think it's probably the best but, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd challenge on that actually Dan. you do speak from uh, a position of competence because you are a leader in your field you how many, how many big businesses are through your program i'd be interested to understand how many different leaders and different people your facilitation helps so i, I would challenge on that you definitely are you definitely are competent within this field 
And but I, I burn out massively. So I'm going to talk about how you avoid burnout and things, but please don't anyone think that I don't get frazzled. It happens far yeah. too often. I, I am awful. I'm the person that will sit up till two o'clock in the morning trying to get it to work and then get up at six and keep trying again or having not slept because all you do is go to bed and think about it for another four hours. I'm dreadful and I'll push myself to breaking point. I've done it on a few occasions where I'm just... You lose the wood for the trees, but of course you're in such a bad shape. You're in such a bad state. You can't see what you look like from the outside. You can't recognize those signs in you. So if anything, what I, what I try to put in me, it doesn't always work. It's what I mean. I'm, I'm not speaking from a position of confidence, just from a, of I'm learning, I'm getting better, but I get better slowly is to stop and come back to something. And that's the hardest thing in the world to say to someone when they're in the iron storm. But you'll thank yourself later on. Never reply to an email in anger. Yeah. If that means that you got put a rule on that means you can't send an email for 24 hours, it holds it in the outbox, then do it. But you've got to got to recognize, and unfortunately, if you've not been there, then you're probably going to have to go there to come back. So you're going to have to send something a bit daft, and then you're going to have to learn from your lesson, learn your mistake. But in the morning or later on, that thing which is causing your blood to boil will not. Because you looked out the nice rational response to meet the other person halfway and all that kind of fun and games, then go back to it. Don't stoop to the level of those that frustrate you if you are burnt out and frustrated. And tr I try and recognize or I try and ask myself if I'm responding from a position of emotion or from a position of being considered. And be a good Scott, be honest with yourself. There's no nice way of saying it. there's no magic sauce. If you can be honest with yourself and say, I'm just being emotional here, I'm just looking to win. Or I'm just win an argument or win a thing or whatever's going to happen. We've all been there. It's just it's, it's like out letting it. Yeah. Because um, yeah. if, if you're just being right, it means that someone's got to lose today if you're being right. And it's so hard. It's so easy to what you're saying. But sometimes when you're in that, that, that red mist, it, it's so hard to get yourself out of that. So what is it you actually say to yourself to get yourself back? What do you do? I just, I will say, I will look at it. So you sat staring at an email and you just want to reply with 1500 of the best words that are going to knock it out of the park, don't you? And you just want to unleash the fury, don't you? Everyone's been there and you just got to go, this, what is this going to achieve? And I'll say to myself, really? Do you really need to? And then I'll say, will it look different in the morning? And if there's any doubt in my mind as to whether it will or not, then it just minimizes. Yeah. But on the burnout front as well, I would say from a practical tip, iOS 15's focus modes have been one of my saviors. I have to detach myself from what goes on around me. I'm in a position where a great deal of my colleagues are five hours behind me in time zones, and they're also some are 11 hours ahead of me. So I never have a drought of notifications if I choose to engage in them. So that having things that remove those notifications from you, if you really can't, if that still gets in your way. And for me, sometimes it's been borderline. Get a second phone, remove the problem, so you throw it in a drawer and you can leave it behind. But you've got to disconnect every now and again. You've got to recognize that you are doing no one any favors, least of all yourself, but also everybody around you where you are just, your blood sugar's all over the place, your heart rate's all over the shop, cortisol levels are through the roof. And at that point, you are just hurting more people than you are helping. And you just got to walk away. You just got to have some downtime and disconnect and then do what it is that, that you need to recharge. And it's different for all of us. Leon, I know you do the 5 a.m. Oh, Paul, you both do the 5 a.m. club, don't you? Yeah. So we've taken it actually, just to give you some feedback on that. Um, we are, I've done it for years that, but I've started to change that around a little bit from a self-care point of view in that still getting, I still get up early, still get up early, but I'm not thrashing myself as hard at the gym. No, let me rephrase that. I still am working hard in the gym. But this morning, for example, I went there at half past seven, which is a respectable hour, isn't it? It's a respect. It's not half past five. 
I got up at quarter past six and I'd read a little bit this morning. So I'm trying, what my news to me is I'm making sure I put the work in, but I, it doesn't have to be at the crack of dawn every day. Just what am I trying to achieve? I'm trying to make sure that I'm being more intentional with my self-care. So I, I have got up at that time for many years. I'm just trying to find a little bit of balance now. So I'm going away from that at the moment. Um, that's the, I would say, would you say, Paul? Yeah, and we changed gym. We changed gym for a bit of more self-care. of a bit of jacuzzi and steam room. And it doesn't open till half past six, so it can't be five o'clock. It shuts. It, doesn't, it shuts, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're putting it in. I'm still laking from Saturday. I did too much on Saturday. And uh, luckily, we're sat down now because I can't stand. <laughs> no, but I think it's back to that point you're making there. It's just being intentional. I think we've all got our own little ways of doing stuff. Like for me, what I've noticed, I was back at my, we've got a little holiday, like caravan, you know, like a static and by the coast, by the coast, by the coast. And I was back there at the weekend. And for me, just me and my daughter, my, my, my little lad was a little bit tired. So he went back home a little bit early. But when I say early, it's still 10 o'clock. But me and my daughter stayed there. She's 11. And we was up dancing with a singer on there for a couple of hours. And that's what recharges me. Things like that. And, and it, I love dancing. I love dancing. My daughter saying, Dad, you're embarrassing me, so I dance even more. And we were just giggling about it on the Sunday. And you don't get these times back, no, so I brace no, them. No, yeah. no. So it's, it's, I'm trying to slow down a little bit more than I think is my thing. But, but it's hard, though, isn't it? Because we've always got so much great stuff to do, haven't we? Yeah. Just got to remember what's going to... Making memories, I think, is where I come back to as well. You need to focus on the stuff that's going to make your memories. I'm interested where this one's going to go, Paul. Right, this one. Right then, Dan. Who in the world... Would you like to interview past or present and why? I really struggled with this one. I really I did really struggle. This is the, probably the one out of all of them I struggled the most with. Only from sheer curiosity, and there's a little bit of my educational background in here as well, but it'd be Churchill. I just love to experience the, it just, it's curiosity, the yeah. wit, the knowledge. Remember, Churchill led an awful lot of stuff that he didn't have clue what he was doing. As in, he didn't lead from a position of authoritative power. He led from a position of doing the right thing, a feel for what was right, uh, an intuitive knowledge of people. And he failed numerous times and learned from his failures. Really, his later life was sculpted by his failures in his younger life. And I'd be fascinated, just fascinated also to see if the cult is true. You know, like it's a bit like when you go on LinkedIn and you see the Richard Branson quotes, or at least the Richard Branson's quote department quotes. And it like all the stuff you read about Churchillian philosophy and you know, like, is it true anyway, it's weird i know there are probably better answers but... yeah I, th I think it's a great one i think it'd be i think it would be good because thinking of some of the decisions he made and yeah. what he had to what he had to think through in his battles it, it must have been amazing yeah pressure he must have been under because he suffered didn't he yeah and you don't I mean, have all the help you have like nowadays and it's like exactly. it's like all, all the leaders already you can love him or hate him but no one's led through what he's lead us through. And it's just chaos. It's just absolutely chaos, isn't it? You know, what you know, the old COVID pandemic and Dan, you've had to lead through that with a lot of business owners who are very opinionated. And we've all got different ways. And some business owners are fearless. They'll don't believe COVID's existed. And you've got other people who have taken it the opposite way, aren't you? So it's trying to balance all in different opinions and emotions, which I think that's what you're saying with Churchill. How do you do it? How do you racing? How you get you get you can't please all the people all the time. Again, they're throwaway comments, aren't they? But they're very hard to get. And when you're on the receiving end of a bit of stinging feedback from somebody, and when you're wide like I am, that you take things very personally, that it's tough. It's very tough. But I'll just be curious as to how you 
when you're not an expert in something, I try to boil it down to people. I was thinking about people that did great things who weren't experts in their field. He wasn't a strategist or military strategist or anything. I'd just be fascinated. You know, what was going through your mind? What did you think? How many times didn't you have a blind clue what you were doing, but it seemed like the right thing to do and you trusted it would come good in the end? All that kind of, yeah, I'd just be utterly fa yeah, fascinating. That, I agree. I think it's down to it. He made decisions that, like, shaped the world that we live in today, didn't he? Some exactly. huge ones. And I think, yeah, I think he'd be cool. Was it, what's the movie? The Final Hour? That is greatest. That was the one who just come out. That is final hour. I think it was something like what is the, the movie with Churchill and quite recently. I watched that and it was just fantastic. Where we're we going now? In last one, yeah, makes me in it. So that's God. We got through an hour. We're already done. Done job done. Didn't feel like an hour, did it? Like, is there anything we should have asked you but didn't? I'd love to know. And I'd love to know from people in the future if we could if we could start a thing whereby everybody adds a question in that you asked that you answer people. I'd love to know what people's biggest challenge is holding them back. And so I'd love to know, but it, that's a nice word for probably me trying to say, because I'm not the best direct question asker in the world, of, of what are people's, what, what's the demon on the shoulder? What's the monkey on the back? Whatever you want to analogize it to that holds people back, because it's fascinating when you, you speak to people, and again, the judge would be a good one, but you speak to people who are especially very liberated or open leaders who we see as all being incredibly successful and Nothing, yeah, it must be a wonderful life being you, that kind of situation. They said, well, actually, let me talk to you about what life is like inside of here. And let me talk about how my thought processes work and where my internal self-doubt comes from and all that kind of story. I find it very refreshing to hear about other people's challenges because it lets us know that we all have them. And it is so easy when you're in a dark place sometimes or you're having lots of internal challenges to think that nobody else has these things. And they all do. Yeah, I think that'd be a good one. I think it's going. We'll, 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 we've got time. Let's go. But what sold? What sold did you back for all these years? What held me back was self doubt. I never thought I could do what I've done. Sometimes still do, but it's another one where you have a support network around you and people challenge it. And I have gone out and done it. And the more I go out and do it, the more I go out and do. It makes sense. Dan, over to you. Come on, what's holding you back? Or what has held you back? Uh, in some ways, I believe the glass is half full for everybody, everyone on planet Earth, except me. I, I, I'm a classic, and again, I go through the giant stuff, have a look at the nurture, it is me. You really go, oh, you you've just written about me, you've been following me. Uh, I, I don't believe I should have a seat at the table. I don't believe that I have an opinion to offer that others would find of value. I believe I inconvenience people by asking them for help. I, it, so I have to try and I have to try and overcome that. We were talking before we hit the record button and I said, I have a role, a fresh professional role of that of an extrovert, but internally I'm quite introverted. And I balance that by, I sell that to myself to be able to do what I do by telling him, and it's how I approach everything that it's all about other people. I want to put the spotlight on others. And I just have to be in it a little bit so I can shove it that way, if that makes sense. I have to do the big beginning bits so I can then focus on other people. But it, it does hold me back. It, it does. And it doesn't matter how many times someone would tell me, oh, that I value what you said, or et cetera, et cetera. Or you had a really great input there or something. It will, that effect will be gratefully received and last about 15 minutes before it wears off again. And yeah, self-doubt, I think, Paul, as you said very succinctly. Let me tell you, Dan, in the next 15 minutes, you'll forget this, but... You've inspired me in the last hour. Thank you. There you go. Uh, you'll forget it in 15 minutes, but... We'll send him an email in the future yeah. and we'll remind him. But I, I think that there's a common theme because like mine, mine's always been self-doubt. 
And it was quite interesting when I shared this view because you've known me since I've been like 10 years yeah. old. And it was interesting because Paul was one of the first leaders in my life. So in rugby, he used to make me believe I could do things that technically I want the greatest, but you know, why is it, what's the, what's the saying? Talent wins games, but if talent ain't got no, ain't prepared to put the hard work in, hard work wins out every day of the week. And I just have this ability to work hard. That's it. It's nothing more, not talent, just work hard. But when we were talking about business and other things, I was helping you in certain areas, like, you just got to put yourself first, and you? You've got to do it. But the, I think the thing for me, what's held me back for many years, which I work on. So the reason why I go do the things at the university, because I have, a, I have no formal education, it used to always be that, because I have no formal education, stupid. That's, that, that was my belief. We've been dyslexic. But I go put myself in these arenas now and teach at things like that at FEO, because I do generally, I have, I have to work on this every day. But I do believe I can add value to someone's life. I do. I do believe I've got something to give. But sometimes that, it can get a little bit on top of me. I can be like, I ain't got no qualifications. So who am I to be sharing this opinion? But I have to work on that every single day because I am good enough. I am worthy. So I would say not being good enough would be my thing that I battle with on a daily basis. But then I have a little switch I can switch and put my game face on, put my little bit of music on, my bit of them until I collapse and I'm back in the game. But I think there's a bit of commonality there, isn't there, between all of us? Yeah. Yeah, and I found that out with talking to business leaders that not everybody's got it all figured out and i used to think all these business leaders had it all focused and they all had it all planned but the more i meet the more i talk to they've all had issues and all had problems but they've just managed to keep going and get through it and make a success of it yeah, this is i think yeah. and it's a bit like i love going to it nation because we all share all different ideas and i get really excited at first i used to really doubt myself for this but it was me and scott come away this time and we're doing something different in the way we're presenting now and we're all everyone's always doing something different but we was doing something no one else was doing in the room and like years gone by that would have been like oh god that can't be right because i want to conform i want to conform and we, oh god we, we must be doing something wrong if no one else is doing it i get really excited about that now because we want to do something different we want to be helping our customers in different ways um and it's been okay with that. And also being okay, it might not work as well. So we're going to go on a journey and we're just going to try our best and we're going to change, adapt, evolve. A bit like we both don't have a cheese and just keep rolling. Just keep going. The sport, I like a sporting analogy because we can always, everyone can find basis in sport, can't they? Because it's all yeah. about achievement and practice and practice to perfection. And I can't say I remember many of his quotes, but I do remember this one. And it was David Beckham talking about people see the two I score in the game. They don't see the thousand I miss on the training round and they get it. It's all about it. Just for me, it's just that knowledge and having to remind yourself that the people you, you look up to, that they have their bad days and they have their, the meetings that they're going to go to where they're really nervous before they walk in and they're, they're afraid they might not do their best. And they have some that they feel completely outclassed by those that are sat around them. And I think it's just knowing that even the people we look up to are really, really see as being high flyers and very confident, concerted people that they have those kind of feelings as well. I think it's really important for all of us to remember, especially those of us who just, yeah, who see doubt in ourselves and who struggle to promote ourselves would be. Yeah. It, yeah. It just, it's all the grass is always greener. It's the hill on the other side. It's not. No, no, but I think to close it on this, I think any listeners need to know that they are enough and you can, anything you put your mind to, make sure you've got a great group of people around you and you can achieve it. Would you both agree? Totally agree.
Absolutely. So Dan, that has been an incredible podcast. Yeah, so how can people connect with you? How can people connect with you who want to learn more? First of all, LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from everyone on LinkedIn. Please add me, send me a message wherever you like to. My email address, darren.scott at connectwise.com. Always love to hear from people wherever walk alive or story you'd like to share. He's always gratefully appreciated. And yeah, and look guys, thank you so much. It's been a yeah, long-term listener, first-time caller, I think is the... Yeah. I think it's the phrase, but it has been an honor. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. No so, so that's Leon checking out. Paul checking out. And checking out. Thanks, everyone. Cheers, Dan. Latent plug. Think differently about your business IT. Let's face it. It's impossible to grow a business without digital technology. Now more than ever, with everything going on in the world right now, businesses are struggling to manage, protect and work in the cloud. Transform your business IT with expert support from ThinkCloud. Learn how the most successful businesses in your sector consistently generate up to 20% higher revenues at 30% lower costs. You've come this far. You got this. Check out www.think-cloud.co.uk and book a call today.